Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama. This is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Wednesday edition of The Drive. Hope everybody doing well on another uh, just beautiful spring-like. It is. Well, it's not spring-like. It's spring. Beautiful spring afternoon. Hope everybody doing well. Bill, Dan, Jason Caldwell from AUTigers.com and inside the Auburn Tigers here in the studio. Drew is at the controls. We've got a, a fun show lined up for you. Uh, and and we have a special guest here in the studio. The boss man has has come in as uh, Steve Steve Witten in here and, and you're uh and, and and you're working out? What is that? You got some weights? Yeah, yeah. I uh, want to congratulate you guys on the Abbey Award that you won for Best Small Market Radio Sports Show or Sports Talk Show, The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 106.7. We had that awards dinner this past Saturday. I know you guys couldn't be there. I was in Birmingham, yeah, as a matter game, of fact. Yeah. Covering the game I'm, simultaneously. I'm still, I'm still banned from the ceremony. Yeah, Dan, what and, and well, see, Dan it's a good thing serving it, out a suspension. You know, it's a good thing it said, <laughs> see, they didn't really know what we were. Sports yeah. show, sports talk show, something like that. So. Oh, yeah. Had they seen you guys, I, that, that would have <laughs> hurt, I think. But well, since that, it's radio, this is radio. You, this is radio. Know? That's good. But, uh, no, you guys are awesome. And I know you, won't, you don't like to brag about yourselves a lot, or at least, Bill, you don't. And so... You know, I, I <laughs> so I wanted to come on and do it for you guys. Oh, we appreciate but, that. But I really and, am. Yeah, we're, I really, really am appreciate super once, proud. Once I have something to be to, to brag about, I'll become unbearable. So I mean, this this award. You will. Well, yeah, that's what right. Yeah, yeah, now that's, you yeah. have this uh, like ten pound award here. Yeah, I was going to say know? that that thing is that thing yeah. is a serious. You can do some damage. serious weight. You can do some. Can, damage can we also can we also say Drew, Drew Forehand, a, a yes, valuable man, absolutely, no doubt. Drew Forehand, and and we recognize Drew in the. Uh, in the press release that we did and everything, and so no, he's uh, he's been at the controls for a long time now, and mm-hmm. uh, so no, the show goes awesome with you guys, with all three of you, as working together as a team, and I really appreciate it. I'm proud of you guys. I mean, this is one of our top shows, you know, that advertisers want to be in. Yeah, so so, so uh, Doug uh, Doug Amos on the Max Roundtable brought up the fact that we'd won the award on monday and, and mm-hmm. asked me about it and i told him you know I, I thought it was really cool no nobody gets into radio to win awards like it's not the priority no but it's very right, right, cool right. it's cool to, to be recognized because i as someone who's who's consumed and worked in radio for a long time in alabama i know the kind of people who have won abby awards before i know the kind of talent on that list so it's it's really neat to to join you know that a, a distinguished club like that and there are a lot of people who work on this show and make this show possible whose names are not on uh, on the on the name of the show and it's and it's nice no to be to be recognized for you know on behalf of all of them and uh, it's it's cool to to play a small role in in recognizing Bill Cameron for for the great work he does. Start playing. Start playing. Yeah. The, well, no, start playing the walk off music. I wanted to give you a chance. I wanted to give you a chance to say something. Especially no, no, no. Hey, I mean, hey, fifty nine years is a long time to be broadcast, and then you've done a great job, Bill. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Congratulations. You, you, don't, you don't know how close you are. I know, that's true. A long-winded way for me to say congratulations to you, Bill, on an award yes. you, you definitely oh, deserve. Yes. Uh, thanks, well and, and again, I mean, we, we really appreciate it. It's, uh, it. it's great. It's cool. Cool to have, uh, you know, um, something you can go, oh, yeah, I, you know. I, I did do a show there for a while. That's good. Uh, really, really appreciate that. Thanks, thanks, Steve. Thanks to uh, thanks, yeah. thanks to everybody who put together. I mean, this is this That's is true. Not, yeah, right. I mean, Riley Hubbard. Absolutely, Riley Hubbard you have to put, put together, together the and no submit doubt. the uh, you know some some evidence. That's right. He, <laughs> to he try to, the real. Absolutely, and uh, he must have done good because uh, you guys won. So there you go. Uh, but yeah, congrats. Um, I've taken enough of Jason Caldwell's time, so I'm gonna right. let, I'm gonna let him go now. No, no. Thank, thanks again, Steve. Uh, uh, we really appreciate it. Yes, we're we're very appreciative. That's, of the that's Steve Witten from from Auburn Networks, the, uh, the the boss. Thank thank you for that, Steve. Yeah, All right, uh, as we get underway here, it uh, we yeah we're just getting underway here on this Wednesday. Hour number one of the drive is brought to you as usual. Sorry, sorry about that, Bill. I've never won anything before, so it's. Yeah, I, be, I bet you have. I, I have. Bet, no, I, I have. bet I you was... won like a speaking contest. I, no, I did you, all right. You know, I, I did okay for myself. Oh, okay, so. oh, all right. I was an okay pitcher before like sixth grade or so when we read. <laughs> when I was, yeah, when, you know, I, I could, I could. When you were six two and everybody else was like, you know, were you four one, feet were tall? You one of those guys that were you really were you like so much bigger than I everybody? Was, I, you know, it was it was suburban St. Pete. It was Shore Acres. Uh, you know, it was it was that that uh, region of St. Pete. I was the only one who could throw with accuracy. Everyone else, like, every, I mean, guys could throw way harder than me, but I was the the only one who could actually put it kind of where it was was supposed to be, and then eventually uh, my inabil- my inability to throw really hard. Uh, yeah, then, then other people that could throw really hard started being able <laughs> and, to throw it near and, the plate, and that's when yeah. I and that's when I picked up a microphone. <sighs> yeah, I, I remember those days when I you know I it was fun early on in in radio uh, in sports radio. It, it's sad when you hit the point where you go, I'm not going to make it. To the you know I'm, I'm not going to make it as a player, and then you start, and then you get to the point where oh my kids are too old to make it as players now. That's that's sad. J- Jason's been around the the St. Pete area, and I'm I'm going there next week for a for a wedding. I'm actually we're, I was telling Bill I'm going on an important anniversary. Right, I'm going to go eat. Yeah, I'm, I'm going I'm going on the 40th anniversary of the opening of the first Hooters. I'm going down to to St. Pete, Florida. Yeah, they're, so they're, bringing, Florida they're, 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 they're bringing the waitresses back. That's, well, that's no. that's an urban legend. I don't know. I, that has not been confirmed. Is, it, is, it, is that the Original clear water. Yeah, that, that's, that's where you're going. That, okay. That's right. Which yeah, is pretty, I've been there. I've yeah, been there my my, uh, my granddad was at uh, Regency Oaks, which is just up the road from uh, yep. from up there. When I was when I was playing little league in St. Pete, it's yeah, like like I said, kind of near the Shore Acres Elementary. It, I guess they built it thinking it was going to be a spring training park, and that those plans sort of evaporated. You, you might know the parks I'm talking about, where it was it started as a big spring training facility and eventually was turned into multiple little league fields, and it was a really cool place to well, play as, well, a, that's, as a fifth and sixth grader. Is that, that's where, is that where they, they played little league, right? Yes. It, yes, it's, so they yeah. played the little league, the, the southeast regional is in St. Pete. I think, yeah, I think they, they turned it, it into, because, yeah. That, yeah, because Babe Ruth is in Sarasota, was always in Sarasota. Little league is always in St. Pete. When my, my brother, they won the state championship at Sylacauga when I was three or four, and they they played in St. Pete, huh. um, and as as twelve, and and so played in a regional down there against uh, against the Tampa team from Hillsboro. I could that do, had a few guys. I could do forty five minutes. Doc, I was going to say, 11. yeah, uh, and and he was eleven uh, years. And old. Gary Sheffield was a few years behind. Gary him. Sheffield's a little bit yeah. behind him, but there was one other. Made there were two major. Who was the other one? I'm trying to I'm, remember. I'm trying to remember. It was uh, because yeah, I remembered the stories about the the guys there on that same well, little league. It, team. it wasn't Vance Law, but it was somebody like that. So. Wow. 
Uh, cool. We All could right. do, Jason Caldwell and I could do 45 minutes to an hour about Tampa St. Pete. Uh, monuments and history and things that weren't aren't there anymore. I don't think that's why we brought him in, Bill. Uh, no, well, it wasn't wasn't the intent, but I mean, sure, we can do that. But maybe on maybe on a slower day, a slower day. Let's maybe pick, maybe pick. maybe when uh, nothing is in season, and it seems like right now everything is, which we'll get to in a little bit. But yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and take care of a little business as hour number one of the drive brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and Kia of Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And they're also the sponsor of our hotline. You can uh, join us by calling 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the Drive Text Box, presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, which is available however you listen to podcasts. And we've been talking with Jason Caldwell from uh, AUTigers.com, who's here in the studio with us. For, uh, for, for the next couple of segments or so here on this Wednesday. And, uh, Jason, I mean, yeah, it, it is a, a busy time. Basketball is done now for both the men and the women. Um, football is right at the halfway point. Today, I guess, is exactly the halfway point. It is practice number eight of 15. So seven down, seven more after this one. And some, uh, football opportunities again this week including players today. But I wanted to start with baseball because some big news today from baseball, and it's not great news for no, Auburn it's, fans it's or not, Auburn baseball. No, it's not great news when you're going to be without Joseph Gonzalez maybe up to six weeks. Yep. Um, yeah, and, and you know they've been without him other than four innings this entire season, and it's put, it, it's put a really crimp on their pitching to this point already. Um, but now you're, you're you're having the plans going. Okay, here's what we know what it is. Um, got to change some things around because they went into Arkansas last week hoping, hey, maybe three or four innings, and it, right. it still didn't feel right. And and Butch Thompson said, look, we're not going to keep doing it. We're not going to keep doing the yo-yo back and forth. So they 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 saw Doctor Andrews. There's there's no you know structural damage. There's no surgery that's going to be required. This is basically hey, he's still feeling something, and so because of that. Um, you know, there's going to be six weeks for him, and um, it's going to it's going to put more emphasis on some of these guys coming in. Um, you know, whether it's you know Zach Crotchfelt, who's who's obviously in the rotation, pitched pretty good last weekend. Tommy Vale is a guy that's, that's done that as well, and um, then they're they're going to be TBA on on Friday this week with the Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. So, obviously, pitching wise, now um, already you know without a couple of your top hitters and, and Bobby Pierce and uh, Cooper McMurray hoping to get those guys back this week, but now you go without number one, and yeah. I mean it's an unquestioned number one for this team. And you start talking about probably one of the top five or six arms in this league um, based on what he's done the last couple of years. Take that out of the equation, and um, you know we'll see. They're gonna have to adjust some things. And being being cautious is so understandable. Yes, with, that's with, that's what with it is. Someone like Joseph Gonzalez, and it's unfortunate because that caution. Might render him unavailable for. When you're talking about six weeks, if you're six weeks, then that's week, you know, eight of of coming back to week eight without yeah. having thrown in six weeks, and so you're talking about you're not six weeks away from making an SEC start. No, I don't think so. You're, no, uh, you're, you're you're hoping that he's available uh, uh, unless it's four weeks and right. you have a couple of weeks to ramp up a little bit. That's that's probably best case scenario at this point. But yeah, that also right. that would fly in the face of being overly cautious. Right? Well, I mean, this I mean, depends th- on things can happen. He, he set up better, to but, he set up to six weeks. Yeah, I mean, so, there, so, so there's no. There's there's no you want set to no timeline. worst case scenario. Yeah, there's no set timeline. That's the thing about it. It's there's, it's this is all about feel and 
for Joseph Gonzalez whenever he feels like there's there's nothing wrong there. Um, then they might can start the throwing problem again. But that's been the issue for him. They checked it out. There was no damage, but he still didn't feel right. We said before the season started, Jason, when we were sort of speculating on Joseph Gonzalez's availability, that he might be a foundational piece of this rotation in conference play. And if you take a foundational piece away, like I'm not an architect, Right, I don't know too much about building things, but you take part of the foundation away, and uh, it you know th- the result can be a collapse. The result can be you know so- something crumbling. There's a lot of pressure on the rest of these pitchers to hold up these next six to eight weeks, and and yeah. hope that Joseph Gonzalez comes back. Who in particular is yeah. under the gun for for Auburn, and and sort of you know it, it would be huge if if they delivered. Yeah, I think you got to find at least once a weekend. You got to have a starting pitcher get you to to six or seven. You you got to find a way to cut some of the innings off of the bullpen guys um, because they've been taxed pretty good already. You got to find a way to do some of those things. They they stretch Will Cannon out a little bit um, in in game three on Sunday. I mean sixty something pitches. Right. So he's a possibility. He's a guy. And, and as Butch Thompson <coughs> said today, you, you can't you can't wait to get to your closer. If no, you can't no, get you can't him. save a guy to be a closer yeah, if, if 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 you're not there. And right. so he's going to be a guy that I wouldn't. I don't know that he'll be a starting role, but I, I think Will Cannon now becomes a guy that hey first first opportunity you got to lead him and Tanner Bauman become. The hey, it's game time right now. Two runners on in the fifth inning. You got a three run lead. Go to those guys and then see how far they can go. I, I think that's what it's become. And then you figure out the third game, whatever you need to do. Drew Nelson has has put himself back in position. Yeah, that was good last that. night. Yeah, it was one hit in four innings. Uh, still a little shaky here here yeah. and there. And, and defense had a lot to do with that last night with with the errors and on an, on a field that. Has not been even touched probably since last year, other than they put some new dirt in and didn't, and then you go, hey, here's a game. Uh, but um, so, yeah, there lots of questions. And, and this team, this was a team that was going to depend on its offense anyway. And they need you, to get all gotta, those pieces back. You got to get those pieces back healthy. Even a guy like Cole Foster, he's played, mm-hmm. but he's still not 100%. And so you got to get those guys back because you're going to have to score some runs. You've got to swing the bat. But it sounds like uh, the pieces. Could be closer to being Cl- back offensively. Closer. They, the potential of those guys could at least get some swings in. Maybe you know Bobby Pierce is a guy that DHs this weekend, and with it being a little warmer, will help too. Um, a lot easier to get muscles loose and to stay loose uh, when it's 75, 80 degrees than when it's 35 with a 25 mile an hour wind. Jason Caldwell with us for a couple of more segments. Love for you to join in. 334 321 1390. We'll get to our first break of the afternoon. Come on in here on the Wednesday Drive. You're live on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Wednesday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Jason Caldwell here in the studio. Drew at the controls. We're about to get to the Kia of Auburn hotline, but, uh, you know, wanted while we've got Jason here, just sort of get some thoughts with basketball coming to a close over the last few days. The, the men in the NCAA, the women in the uh, WNIT. 
Yeah, you know, obviously you'd like to to make deeper runs for both. Um, but you look back on a season with so much up and down, and uh, for, the, for the women, I'll start there. Being able to, to play in the postseason, get that extra work, and kind of get a feel for that, I thought that was a, a really good move for them to be able to get a win. Um, and I think it's a building block for them. For basketball, it's a building block in a different way. You're able to, to get to the NCAA tournament again with a team that I, I would say – majority of people when you look back on this they're gonna go man how'd that team get the ncaa tournament um they were able to do it they won the games they were supposed to win and that's where it starts in a league that is so much better than it was you know that team's not in the ncaa tournament 15 years ago in the sec they're not close to the ncaa tournament 15 years ago in the sec even with that record because of the way the league is now mm-hmm. perceived and so um i think it was a positive and i said i wrote it monday any season that ends in the NCAA tournament is is a successful season. It's not where you want yeah, to be. Not, it may it not be a great season. It or, mean, or Correct. Yeah. It doesn't mean that's where you want to, wanted to end it, but it is a successful season. And I think especially coming off a year where you lost two players to the NBA draft's first round. Yeah, I mean. Right? I mean when you think about, I mean, not, not to make excuses for anything that this team accomplished all season long, and I understand people who wanted a more serious run at the regular season title or a better showing in Nashville or a better showing in the NCAA tournament. Like those are fine things to want Correct. your basketball team to accomplish. But to expect a drastically better result in the regular season or the the tournament for a team that just lost two players to the first round last year. How many first rounders has Auburn had in NBA history? Like, like I mean, sh- short, well, I mean, short it, list. It, it, it was... It was a list of two until the last yeah, few years. Yeah, so I mean, it's a, a handful, yeah, literally. And, and two of them were on last year's team. So it's like, I, I understand why, you know, the, the, there, there are the, the questions moving forward, I think, are fascinating Correct. ones for it's, this team. It's where, where do you go to get to where you need to be? That, that's the question. Where do you go and, and what, what do you need to get to that level? And I mean, I, there's, there's one obvious one. You need a a bigger scoring guard. That's that's that is number one right there. You got to have a guy that in in a crunch time or in when you're in the middle of a you know ten nothing run where you go, okay, put the ball in his hands and he can go get points. If if I say the team needs improved perimeter shooting, are yes. we saying the same thing? Yes, or yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think scoring, but you got to find a guy that can shoot the ball. I'm I mean, reading, that, that's part of it. I'm reading uh, the the. Paul Westhead's book, and he's you know it, it's it's very clear you know if you want to play up tempo without outside shooting, it's you're you're running into a wall over Correct. and over and over Correct. again. And if this team finds some outside shooting somewhere, you you wonder if things open up even for well, whoever's playing. It, it, especially especially when you consider what you have inside, because we saw it we saw it Saturday. They said, "Look, we're not going to let Broom finish at the basket. We're going to make him shoot free throws." And we're going to make you make shots. They did those things and said, "Here we go," and it turned into just and a Auburn train wreck. Auburn couldn't make shots. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it a little more. Um, let, let's go ahead and get to the uh, Kia of Auburn hotline. Inspector is up first. Hey, Inspector. Hey, Inspector. Thanks for holding. Uh, you're welcome. Um, you guys hear me okay? We, we got you. We, we can hear you. All right, great. First of all, I want to congratulate you on your Abby. Um, do they have a name on that trophy, or is that? What do you mean? Is 
Is it Bill's name on there? I, just, no, both of our names are on there, I believe. Dad's name is on there? Yeah. Oh, well, I was going to give Dan his own award. I was going to give him the filibuster of the year award. <laughs> the you. Blabby. Thank you. No. Yeah, the, the Blabby award. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Anyway, I'm just kidding, Dad. Thank, thank you, anyway. Spectre. I, I know it's all in good fun. I, I appreciate your calls yeah. over the years. Well, listen, let me, I'm going to put a lid on this men's basketball team. You know, it is what it is. I mean, Carl's a great coach. He can only do with, with what he's got, really. I mean, the guys are just 20-win team in my book. I mean, you got to have some fives on there. And you, if you got a mixture of fives and fours, you're going to go places. Well, look at Alabama. You know, they've worked on that for the last couple of years, and look where they're at today. Yeah, and, you know, Bruce talked about it a little bit uh, at his last press conference. He talked about coming in second on a lot of guys. Uh, Auburn's in position now, uh, and, and, and now's the time that, that you know, they need to – they need to go ahead and cash in. I mean, that's the thing. Uh, coming in second can be good when you look at the transfer portal, but um, they're a band. They're a band without a lead singer, right? Yeah, like, they, that's they, got, right. they got everything you need, and then if you put that big aircraft carrier piece right in the middle, they, they'd be a genuine. You know, they'd have as good a shot of, of winning it all as, as just Auburn plays else. good enough right defense. There. They don't turn it over a tremendous amount. Yeah, they, but those are also the they, toughest. Yeah, they need a piece or two. That's toughest it. pieces to go find, right? Yeah. Like, you know, a lot, lot of Commodores out there. You know, not not a lot of Lionel Richies. Yeah, you're right. They don't have a lead singer. They they can't get in the top ten Billboard. That's for sure. Dear but, dear Casey. Uh, but, I, you know, if we can get to that level where we can retain players that we have like we did last year, but I understand guys are going to go to the next level. But, my goodness, we can't hardly keep anybody past a year. Well, that well, you're going to see that happen to that team you're talking about, too. I mean, they're going to have to replace two, yeah, first, at least right. two first rounds. It's hard, it's hard for anybody to retain that, quality that players. Guy. Yeah. It's hard to, to keep that guy. Pre- appreciate the phone call, Spectre. Again, th- thanks for holding. I w- wanted to get to, to Jason Caldwell right up against uh, the, the bottom of the hour break here. And, and Jason, um, to, to Spectre's point, how much has, to, to your knowledge, how much has NIL changed the economy of, if you're a basketball player, we used to see basketball players who were not going to be first-round picks and were not going to be on an NBA roster anytime soon leave with a lot of eligibility remaining to go make money somewhere. Somewhere. How much has NIL maybe changed that? And, 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 and that's where Auburn has to get to. If you want to be that, you, you have to get to what we saw today. Armando Baycott is going back to North Carolina. For, for in a COVID year, and this is a guy that would play in the NBA. He's he might not be a first rounder. I think he probably would have been a late first rounder. I'm telling you what else is going to happen to you. I'm just I telling think you. I think Hawkins got paid to come back to UCLA. And, and my tell, yeah, would well, be. I mean, and, and, and that's perfectly I'm, understandable. I'm just telling you, Oscar Shibway is going to go back to Kentucky too. I'm just telling you, he's not. Well, he's not going to play in the NBA. Now, see, I think he is. I, but I mean, he's an NBA player. Well, he may not be a first rounder. Yeah, but yeah. Well, I mean, he he's not he's someone make, who would play significant he, minutes. He's going to make more right money now. staying at Kentucky. Yep. Ves, Vescovi, Castleton. That, I mean, that, there are veterans in the league that you imagine the the, the big NIL that, collectives of those fan bases played a role. It, in I think it's going to it's going to have an impact in every sport, and and it's going to work that way in football too. If you can get to that point. Um, it's going to work in base. It's already worked in baseball, where you, whether you keep a guy or you get a a recruit in, knowing what they can be supplemented to help them offset some of the cost. Of course, and and COVID, of course, added to that gave it, everybody it, that it, extra year. It's given them an extra an extra chance and an mm-hmm. opportunity to have that extra year. And so, yes, I think that's where 
when you start talking about basketball, that's that's a place that can equalize things. If you have that guy that in past years says, "Hey, I'm done. Even if I don't make the NBA, I'm going to go play somewhere." Right. And I mean this. Th- I mean I think it's a Sharif Cooper thing. I think in this day and age, Sharif Cooper is back for another year before that happened. Well, the guy, the guy Bruce was talking about, Scoot Henderson. Yeah. Uh, you know, he doesn't go to the G League if you had NIL. Yeah, because it's most, the, you know, most likely. Probably going to be the same amount of money or even more money yeah. to get a guy like that here. That's the thing you have to do now. And the thing that, and, and if you remember back in the Zion Williamson days of college basketball, which feels like a different era, right? Because it's pre, it was. pre-NIL. Shashevsky and Roy Williams were out there. Like, it's a different a different sport back then. Remember when his shoe, remember when, he, when his foot went through the shoe? Alright, so back then, people were arguing that there was such a value to the exposure provided to being a big-time college basketball player in a major conference that even if the money is similar between the G League and being in a major conference. Yeah, it's not even close. Yeah, the, the exposure pushes it over the top. Now, if there's no money versus yeah, that, and, G League and that's money, what there used to be. And that's what it used then, to be. Then it's a different story. You go $100,000 right. or zero. Well, not zero. $100,000 or, or, or your college education right. for a year. Someone like Oscar Sheba, he might never need to play professional uh, basketball. He you, could you be a about, celebrity in the Lexington of, area. You think about a, a two-year guy, say two years of NIL for Oscar Sheba, if he comes back another year at Kentucky that's a guy that becomes instantly one of the top five players in the last 50 years at Kentucky even though they have not won they haven't won any anything because of what he's done and how mm-hmm. he's played he'll be in car commercials he'll oh, be, oh, he, be in cars and, yeah. not commercials he, yeah he, both um yeah no it could be a game changer <clears throat> for teams and for individuals and it's something that's going to be a part of it. And and he's he's the kind of guy that that I mean Auburn could use a guy like that that, that was, just reap could pull down. That was my second one. Ten plus. That's what I, I well I said that yesterday. That's my second. I one. said Auburn needs a shooter and they need a glass that, cleaner. They that, need a defensive presence he, rebounder. Because I went back Monday for my Monday morning quarterback, and I know we're up against a break, but I went back and looked. This team this season shot. Very, very small, but but very small percentage better than last year. Oh yeah, you wrote that right. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, the it was numbers very, of a lot of things were very, very, very small close. percentage better than last season's team. But they had two hundred fewer attempts because they were four rebounds a game less. Right. Just just thirty one games. Just those possessions. That's a hundred and twenty extra possessions that you could that. And look at all the close games you lost. That's it. How many more shots could you have gotten just yep. by the just by four more rebounds a yep. game? Much less having a guy that can dominate the glass. If you improve it by six or seven, you're talking about 180 extra possessions a season. That's, that's, I mean, that's, that that's is huge. Significant, absolutely. Jason Caldwell with us for another segment. We'll talk football when we come back. Stick with us here on the Wednesday Drive. Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. 
Welcome back into the drive here on this Wednesday afternoon. 25 minutes away from 5 o'clock. Bill, Dan, Jason Caldwell with us for another segment. And we'll talk some uh, turn to football now. We talked a little baseball early on, basketball in the uh, second segment. Football, as, as I mentioned, Jason, I mean, it's, it's the midpoint of spring football practice. Uh, we, we've had a couple of pretty uh, lengthy opportunities to, to be able to watch, talk to some coaches and players. What's your feel for how things are going here spring practice for Auburn. Yeah, I think it's gone you know pretty well to this point. I, you know, there's so much learning involved and and I think that's what I take away from talking to Hugh Freeze a couple of days ago um when he's talking about the quarterbacks and wide receivers. Mm-hmm. In this offense, there's going to be so much RPO game, so much of that involved is going to be them being on the right page and the same page and these guys have not done that for 2 years. I mean, they haven't RPO wasn't Really in play in in the last offense. That's not what you, they did, no. and and now it's a now it's a staple of the offense. And so those are are very difficult things to do because you're thinking about that more than just oh, I'm gonna, I'm going to throw this route right here. Well, no, I'm throwing this route depending on what coverage I'm getting. The wide receivers got to be on the same page. They got to know timing. All those things. It 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 becomes a feel situation and. It's hard to do that while you're trying to learn an offense at the same time, and it puts everything in almost slow motion. And I think that's what the quarterbacks have been dealing with. Wide receivers, there have been a few injuries here, there, and so they've trying to pick it up. You know, we didn't see very many wide receivers out there. The no, other day. you're right. And so I think it's it's made it difficult for them to kind of get a feel on offense. And we knew it was going to be slow, though. Uh, I talked about it before before spring. Said, so, look, there's not going to be a quarterback decision made in the spring. Um, it's going to go into August. It may go into August with a new quarterback uh, joining the group. We'll we'll see how that goes. Um, but you know, he continues to talk about sharing reps and doing some of those things. And I think that's been probably the biggest thing. The other thing to me is is just um, him talking about the linebackers, saying, "Look, they've been they've been really good." Yeah, I was. I mean, I just hadn't heard any talk about them, and, and that's probably and, a good thing. And, and uh, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised yeah. when he said he feels like that's that's been one of the uh bright spots yeah austin keys is a guy that, that's come in and, and and definitely looks apart i think robert woodyard um red shirt freshman from from mobile has come in obviously cam riley's there wesley steiner desmond tisdall you, you got some, mario tola yeah you got some numbers there i love um, the names that get shouted out by players right because you never know what you might get when you ask a player like hey who's impressed you of late or who's stepped up it, it it does it tells you a little bit more when when those guys catch somebody's eye we we asked jeffrey Emba some of the defensive line guys today and i'm telling justin rogers is a guy that keeps getting brought up he moves that way very big well guy. yeah I mean, he is a big dude and so you're talking about justin rogers jason who, jones in the who middle wanted, who wanted justin rogers when he was a recruit coming out of Kentucky? wasn't it just about like every yes. oh yeah, yeah. I mean, every yeah, yeah, impact every, team correct. in the country and, and so you start looking at, at him and coming in and and bringing that size and athleticism in the middle of the defense and They've got a lot of numbers on the defensive line. He talked about um, Mazan Nasilakite as well uh, from Maryland, mm-hmm. and so you look at him and kind of an, maybe an undersized guy, but athletic. And so they're going to have some different types of, of defensive linemen up front. When you talk about Jeffrey Emba playing defensive end at three hundred and ten pounds, I mean, like a, they got yeah. some different guys. Marcus Harris is, I, I wouldn't. He's not small, but he's not a six five no, guy. No, he's so they six got, three. They got some different types of mm-hmm. defensive linemen. Still looking for that that edge jack linebacker that can be a a true pass rusher. I mean, like they got big athletic Keldrick Falk who's going to be really good, but he's not a he's not a guy that you would expect to get you a dozen sacks. That's just not who he is. I think he can rush the passer, but 
I think they're going to have to be creative in some of the things they do to rush the passer unless they can find one of those guys, you know, in, in a transfer portal. 334-321-1390. Let's get back to the Kia of Auburn hotline. And James is up next. Hey, James. Hey, guys. Hey, James. Two things real quick. Um, so what quarterback do you think we could possibly get? Because I've heard a lot of rumors about us possibly getting a Georgia QB that's over there in Georgia that may not get the starting job. Yeah, there's a problem with that right now. You'd have to get a waiver because the SEC has not changed its rule uh, that would allow players after February to transfer and be eligible that same year. Okay. All right. I I do do think it's going to change, though. I I, I think it's going to change. I I would hope that it will change at the meetings that come up in in June. Yeah, I think think so. But, yeah, yeah, that's the problem is – you have to almost get a maybe a feel for hey here's some possibilities to be prepared when guys mm-hmm. go in the portal because it's going to be you know blitzkrieg here you go a, a a couple of days worth of guys getting in and you you better be prepared to to be you know to to have some idea of what you're getting into when you jump in yeah Jason we were talking with Justin Kirby Monday and and he talked about being just overwhelmed yes he said he got official notice that he was in the portal. And within minutes, his phone had just blown up with because schools got that notice the same time and started contacting. Just imagine what it's going to be like for a, for, for a guy that was a high-profile quarterback. My other thing, guys, was um, I don't know if y'all got to catch it. I think it was either Thursday or Friday of last week on uh, Paul Feinbaum. Greg Sankey was on there talking and he had a lot of interesting things to say about conference expansion and the future of the expansion of football or football in general. And I didn't know if y'all had caught that. No. So, no, we're, we're, uh, us- we're usually on the air while that's going on. So Yeah. So basically, <laughs> I'll tell you this, what happened. He basically said, listen, we didn't go out and recruit Texas and Oklahoma. They came and found us. I don't know how much of that is true, but that's what he said. And then he said, listen... We need some time to consolidate and get on, on a cooperative page across the board. It's not that I'm not going to look for other programs, but at the same time, we need to have some stable time with the conferences right now. Yeah, I think 16 and, is is a yeah. nice number, well, I, don't I, know think. How, I don't know how you get much bigger than that. Yeah. Well, the expansion also had, uh, the timing of the expansion had to do with when the TV contracts were coming up. And so I, I think that the SEC wouldn't want to enter into a new deal and then immediately start looking to add teams necessarily. I would I would think that the breakup of a conference is more imminent than a conference looking to, unless the Big Ten wants to go get another four or another eight and and continue, although, although they also just signed a, a new contract too. So, yeah, I, I don't know if a uh, if, if expansion is, is, is necessarily around the corner. Appreciate the call, James. Great stuff. Thanks. 334-321-1390. Marcus is up next. Hey, Marcus. Hey guys, I know there were some academic questions before on Grayson McCall, but is he still an option to come in this summer now? Well, he tweeted yesterday about how excited he was to be back. Did and you, did you see things. the video? Yeah. I mean, it was a very non-committal. I'm, I love it here. Yeah. It's great to be back. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to being a graduate of Coastal Carolina. Yes, I, is I would, what he said. I, here's what I do. I would not close the door on any no. of those situations at this point. I mean, that so. definitely left it open by, you know, I mean, sure, that sounds great to the Coastal folks for him to say, I'm looking forward to being a graduate, but it also sounds good to people that are thinking, 
and you might still have some eligibility. Yeah, left I after think you graduate. I, I, I would like I said I, I don't I wouldn't. I wouldn't close the door on anything um, no. based, especially with with NIL involved in, in some of these situations. Appreciate the call, Marcus. 334-321-1390. A couple minutes left with uh, with Jason. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Jeffrey Emba. It was uh, it was neat getting to talk to Rivaldo Fairweather and Jeffrey Emba. Uh, I mean, we we talked to Zion Puckett a few times before. Um, Jeffrey, you know, hasn't been a guy that's been a regular out there. And that, that, that was a couple of entertaining, entertaining, uh, interviews. It is. And, and, you know, Emba's a guy that I got to know in the recruiting process. Um, I actually spoke to him, I think one night from France when, you know, before he made his decision, he had gone back home and, and, and originally his decision coming out of junior college. And so I, I'd, I'd gotten used to listening to him talk and so understanding and so there because there could be a little challenge here or there oh, yeah. uh, but oh, he's uh, much better oh uh, but but he is he is he's a a guy that has a light about him there's no question about it he he loves he's it thoughtful he's very yeah he, he loves life yeah he does he he is a guy that brings energy no matter who he's around and and I think that's a guy that's going to be a really big positive the more He's involved, and the and more you know, the more he learns the the, the, game. the more he's going to be. There's two, a, there's two he's, guys. He's going to be a serious player. There's two guys that that have the same story, even yeah. though they have different backgrounds. Um, you know, Jeffrey Emba's from France, um, moved to France from Africa about eight years ago, and has been in the U.S. for now three or four years, and went to a junior college, and now you know been at Auburn a couple of years. Rivaldo Fairweather was a basketball player that did not play organized football until his junior year of high school. And so this guy's that's now played football for four years. So you start talking about the differences in that and you see the athleticism and for both guys. I mean these are big athletic guys. Rivaldo Fairweather when you look, when you watch him from across the field and he wears number thirteen, you look at him and go, That's a pretty big wide receiver and then you get uh, next he to is him, a big he's wide a, receiver. He's a big guy. He, he, yeah, he's and, a beast of and, and he looks like those guys when you think about it who was who was San Diego Chargers that was a basketball player that became a tight end? Antonio Gates. That's that's what he looks like. Because yeah. you look at him and go, Kent State. That guy's eight. just an athlete. Well, he talked about yeah, he talked about being a you know physical basket. That that, that was that his, was it. He, what he what he was in basketball yeah, they, was a bull. Yeah, you they know? said he yeah he got tired of him fouling out. And said maybe you ought to try football a little <laughs> bit. And so, um, but his his role is is stretch the field, catch the ball, do some of those things. But he can block and do some of that, and that's what they're looking for. To find that complete guy, and, and the tight end room has been has been a probably one of the the top groups in the spring. It should no no surprise with Fairweather coming in, Luke Deal and Tyler, Tyler Fromm being there, and, um, Brandon, Brandon Frazier, Michael Riley yeah. Bucker. I mean, you, you got you got a lot of group, and so uh, I think it's uh, fun to for these guys too to to get to talk and kind of tell their story. Jason, I know you usually heading out, but I, I would imagine Tex probably wants to holler at you yep. before we uh, before we get out of here. Hey, Tex. Hey, I, I don't want to holler at him. I just want to ask a question. <laughs> yep, let's go. Ah, uh, you know what I mean. I got Saturday taken care of, by the way, Bill. Good. So, uh, good. So, and uh, Jason. Yeah. We've we've uh, Butch has always been strong pitching, and I'm not saying we're not strong now. What do you see now is happening that's causing us to give up big innings or give up long balls? Or to walk guys, I think I think inexperience is a lot of it, and and there's a lot of inexperience in this group. And so I thought, you know, they we talked to Butch last week before Arkansas, and he said, "Look, um, 
we're 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 too much of a half of a plate, meaning hey, you're not catching the corners, you're catching the middle. We need to to turn this thing into thirds, but you have to do that while not being too cautious. And we saw that last weekend. There were instances where they were too cautious, walk guys, and then I so I think that's been some of it, uh, and I think some of it too has been just simple pressure. Um, when you're you're having to go out there in those in those clutch situations, you take some of the offensive firepower away, and these guys all of a sudden you know look we can't afford to give up anymore, and it's I think it's it's added to it. But you look and right now, and I mean Tommy Vale was was a guy that that, that you know, he's got. You know prior history, and obviously he's pitched a lot, but he didn't pitch much last year coming mm-hmm. off Tommy John surgery. Zach Crotchfeld's a true mm-hmm. freshman. Will Cannon's first year here. Um, so there's a lot of those guys that haven't pitched Tanner Bauman, first-year junior college guy. So a lot of these guys that you haven't had to depend on before, I think, I think there's going to be really some, some really important guys. I mentioned Cannon. Drew Nelson started Drew the year Nelson. in the weekend and may, and, and, may end up and, and him, back, back him there. And, him, you know, two true freshmen last year got you to the seventh. I mean, last night. But I think Chase Awesome. Chase Isbell. Yeah, he got he got he, he closed it last night. The, those two guys, um, and then can you get Tommy Sheehan back? And and they they need to find as many guys as they can to see. Hey, can we get two or three innings? That's going to be the key. I think getting stretched out is is probably the toughest part. I think Crotchfelt probably is the guy that has the best chance of being that guy that can get you to the sixth or the seventh. All right. So uh, that's an interesting perspective. From uh, I understand the youth, but. Normally, high-profile guys are really, and I know it's different in the Southeastern Conference. Yeah, it is. We, yeah, so it's 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 different. But uh, I I thought that they misunderstood him, and when he said half, they thought that the outer uh, quarter and the outer quarter equals the half, and we kept missing down the middle half. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think it looks it, like we. Yeah, I think it became that situation where they nibbled so much that all of a sudden, okay, well now we can't afford to walk yeah, behind. Else. You got it, yeah. You yes, and so they, it, it was the fight. Is it? Is this, it's a fine line. It is, and that's that's what you have to pitch, and that's how you have to be able to do those things. And uh, to me, it's almost okay. Learn from it now. How do you pitch? And maybe, maybe. And he talked about last week in kind of vague terms, but I think. I think almost pitching backwards at times, uh, where if it's three one, sometimes you may have to take a chance to throw a breaking ball, but you got to be able to throw those things for strikes, mm-hmm. and they haven't done that consistently enough. Yeah. Okay. Hey, I appreciate the time. I know you're trying to get out of there. Thanks, Tex. I won't appreciate see you it. This weekend, Jason, but I'll see you at Easter weekend. All right. Sounds good. Take care, Tex. Jason, uh, yeah, we really appreciate any time you give us a little bit of time here. Uh, let let folks know, as we said, there's so many things going on right now. Uh, you guys are covering it all, though. Yeah, you got a lot. You're a lot going on. Uh, football, obviously, with lots of interviews, spring practice going on, lots of recruiting going on. Christian Clemente is killing it. I'm trying to help him out and do some of those things. Uh, basketball just kind of wrap putting a bow on that and and keeping an eye on there's going to player movement it's players gonna, entering it, the portal the transfer portal fast. it's not it's not as going to be as hectic as football because there's not as many of right. those guys but it's going to be just as important and so got to keep an eye on that uh, obviously baseball softball uh, gymnastics getting ready for for NCAA so lots of stuff going on so you can check us out at, at auburnundercover.com autigers.com and uh, follow me on Twitter at ITAT Jason. Thanks Jason. Jason Caldwell uh, joining us as he does on Wednesdays. Enjoy we, some conference baseball tomorrow. Yeah it, that's it, right. Absolutely. On Thursday night. And, and, Nothing like it right? And we have some tickets we'll tell you how you can win those when we come back for the final segment of hour number one here on the Wednesday Drive. 
The inaugural East Alabama Weddings Magazine is here. Enjoy an entire issue dedicated to bliss. East Alabama Weddings shares the stories of local weddings, trends, styles, and highlights the best vendors to create your own special day. Pick up a complimentary issue of East Alabama Weddings at over 125 area locations. For a complete listing, visit eastalabamaliving.com. Time to churn up some more yardage on The Drive. Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final couple of minutes here of hour number one. And we mentioned uh, just as we were uh, winding down our segment with Jason Caldwell, that we have some tickets for the opener tomorrow. Man, beautiful weather it looks like for tomorrow. Temperatures in the 80s. uh, 6 o'clock first pitch over at Plainsman Park. If you would like a pair of tickets, just call in. First two folks that call in, uh, you've got a pair of tickets for tomorrow's Auburn-Georgia game. The phone is lighting up right now. We're just about out of time for hour number one. And hour two... Special guest joining us today. Yeah. As, uh, you know, I, I mentioned a few times that I'm, I'm on, uh, Wimp Sanderson show up in Tuscaloosa. Uh, they, for some reason, they, they like talking to me, I guess, so they can, you know, uh, try to glean a little bit of in, in, insight. But I, I saw Wimp at the, um, NCAA tournament in Birmingham at Legacy Arena on Saturday, was talking with him and he said, Hey, if you ever need me on your show, and I went, done, I've got his number, we will call him um, and talk with him right after we come back for hour number two here on the Wednesday Drive. So is Shane the winner of a pair of tickets? All right, Shane, hang on, we'll get to you, and then we'll uh, we'll, uh, check in with Wimp Sanderson when we come back for hour number two of the Wednesday Drive. ESPN 1067, WGZZ HD3 Waverly, and W294AR Auburn Opelika. This is SportsCenter. I'm Christine Lisi. Imaging has revealed Clippers guard Paul George has a sprained right knee. He'll miss at least the next two weeks. ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski reports he'll be reevaluated in two to three weeks. Grizzlies expect to have their best player back in the lineup tonight versus the Rockets. John Morant set to return after serving an eight-game suspension for conduct detrimental to the NBA. Expect a motivated Morant from here on out, says ESPN's Matt Barnes. He had basketball taken away for the first time ever, and it wasn't because of an injury. So I expect him to come back hungry. I expect him to come back excited, energetic. And if you look at it from a different kind of standpoint, he really got like two weeks off heading into the playoffs, which is not a terrible thing. So I expect him as an individual to be a monster tonight, and I expect Memphis to follow his lead. 
Matt Barnes on Fitz and Harry. Mavericks point guard Luka Doncic will play tonight against the Warriors guard Kyrie Irving is out. Coverage in one hour, ESPN Radio and ESPN TV. Adding draft capital for a potential trade for quarterback Aaron Rodgers, the Jets sent receiver Elijah Moore and a 2023 third-round pick to the Browns for a second-round pick. Rodgers last week expressing his intention to play for the Jets this season. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome in. Hour number two of the Wednesday Drive. Bill and Dan with Drew at the controls here in the studio. And hour number two of the Drive brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care, with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. And use the use the home number when we when we call. Um, you can uh, we're we're going to go to the Kia of Auburn hotline and welcome in a guest. We'll welcome in a caller in just a minute. I want to let you know that uh, when we reopen the phone lines, the number to get you through on the Kia of Auburn hotline is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast which is available however you listen to podcasts. You can go to ESPNAU.com, RadioAlabama.net, or uh, search your favorite podcasting platform for The Drive with Bill Cameron. You'll find it that way. That's all presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Shout out to Derek. He, he texted me uh, earlier this week about something we were talking about here on the show. So shout out to Derek. I know he's listening to everybody Absolutely. else. They're at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. And, and if you uh, missed any of the first hour, some great stuff with Jason Caldwell. Information. Absolutely. In full effect. Yep. Uh, We'll get a call in here on the Kia of Auburn hotline before we put a call in to uh, Wimp Sanderson. So let's get to the phone and Shane. Hey, Shane, how are you doing today? Hey, guys, I'm doing great. And I'll be real quick uh, for you guys. I just had a question. You might have already answered it. I'm sorry, but it seems like uh, our our, our bats are, are doing pretty well in baseball this year, but our pitching has allowed a lot of runs, um, pretty much since Southern Cal, um, at Lipscomb even, and, and Louisiana, and then now Arkansas. Um, uh, even Georgia Tech scored, uh, like 10 or 11. So, uh, it, what do you think? So, are we not, do we not have, are we not full strength, uh, pitching wise? And if, it, you know, what's the, what's the situation behind that? And I'll, I'll just hang up the list and guys, and thank you for, for putting me on. Oh, absolutely, Shane. Yeah, a couple of things. I mean, obviously, bad news today when Joseph Gonzalez, uh, who was who was Auburn's ace. I mean, he was their ace last year, and uh, you know, heading into the season, had some uh, had a twinge or two in the shoulder. Got it checked. Nothing found. Nothing structurally um, 
no, no, you know, it's structurally sound, but it still kept bothering him. So he's been held back and held back, thrown a couple of bullpens. The plan was to try to have him at Arkansas this past week. Of course, it was cold weather up there, just didn't feel right. And it still didn't feel right. So uh, Butch Thompson saying today that uh, it's going to be a matter of weeks now. He's seen Dr. Andrews. I mean, that's generally, boy, that's that's scary news yeah, when we you play, hear that. We, we, you know, it's fantasy baseball season in the studio. Yeah, absolutely. We're, and we're not, when you hear visits to Dr. Andrews, yeah, that usually means, uh-oh. There are not but but, the, but Dr. Andrews words. saying that he's still structurally sound, but it's going to be a while. And it could be up to six weeks. So they've lost their, their ace. Um, the, the, the guy that one of the guys that they felt was going to be another weekend starter, uh, true freshman and Drew Nelson struggled. He pitched well last night against South Alabama. Uh, as Jason Caldwell was saying a few minutes ago, they're hoping to get Tommy Sheehan back. They just had some guys that not season ending, but some other things bothering them. Butch Thompson, very careful with pitchers throughout, uh, his, you know, his, his time as, as Auburn's either pitching coach or head coach. So right now it's just sort of piecing together with a lot of inexperienced guys trying to get through and, and they'll have good innings, but big innings has been the big problem. And, and, uh, Butch was saying a week ago, they've got to try to take, um, uh, working from halves of the plate, the inner and the outer half, try to get it where they're a little more precise. And you've seen them walking more batters here recently. And you said the bats had been pretty good. They have, but Auburn's been without a couple of regulars in, uh, uh, Bobby Pierce and Cooper McMurray, who've been out, so they're hoping to get them back here pretty soon. It's a really big weekend yeah. for, for Auburn. Baseball. I heard John Smoltz say last night that he was talking about the U.S. team, and he said something that, you know, on the surface sounds like, well, sure, you can't win. He goes, the U.S. was ha- counting on on outscoring teams to win. Well, you're not going to beat many teams if you don't score more than they do. But, no, his point was the philosophy. they weren't built on pitching. They were built on hitting. And that's sort of the way Auburn's going to have to be. It's so, about prioritizing right. run, run prevention. At least for the time yeah, being. I mean, yeah, and that's Auburn's going to have to find a way to do that. Yep. All right. So appreciate the call, Shane. We're going to get now to the Kia of Auburn hotline. Welcome in. Very special guest joining us here on the drive with Bill and Dan. And uh, as we welcome in former Alabama head coach and, and current talk show host, morning show host there in Tuscaloosa, and that is the one and only Wimp Sanderson. Wimp, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing great, guys. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. We're, we're, we're pleased to, uh, to have you join us. It was great seeing sure. you the other day up at, at Legacy Arena. What, uh, what a crowd. I mean, I thought it was, it was great. The atmosphere was great. We talked about it a week ago. So on, on your show, never seen anything like this with both Auburn and Alabama getting the opportunity to play there at the same setting in the postseason. Well, it was great. It was great for Birmingham, great for the two teams, great for basketball in the state. And, uh, of course, not only those those games, but UAB had a chance to play uh, an NIT game. They're playing another one at 6 o'clock tonight. So, yeah, that, those those crowds were great. And uh, I was uh, Bruce was getting off the buses. I was pulling up, uh, walked in with him. Uh, for the game, and uh, we visited for a few minutes. And uh, Auburn uh, had a really good first half. Just struggled like the Dickens in the second half. And um, But uh, the crowds, to answer your question, were terrific, and the games were very good. Yeah, well, we'll talk some more uh, about, about the you know the Alabama tournament thus far. But since you mentioned the Auburn-Houston game, yeah, the, what? how much of that first, you know, the first 10, 12 minutes of that second half, when Houston took a 10-point deficit and turned it into – a lead and then eventually a fairly commanding lead. How much of that was about Auburn and how much of that was about 
the Houston Cougars. Well, I think, I think Houston shot it a little bit better. Uh, Auburn's always been pretty good defensively, but they shot it a little bit better. They got some cheap baskets off the, off the glass. And uh, they, I thought they just, you know, I don't think it was so much Auburn. Auburn was ready to play defensively the whole time. Uh, Houston is not a great offensive team, but they did make a comeback. And then when Sasser got out, uh, Mac, uh, Mike or Mac, whatever his name is, got in and got, uh, I kept a chart on him. He got uh, 14 points and one assist. Mm-hmm. And so they, they were really, you know, um, Sasser kids are very, very good, but this kid came in and, and and it kind of held them together. So it was a, it was a good basketball game, and uh, um, we'll see how Houston does against Miami. It'll be interesting to see. But uh, Auburn has had a good year, and for the people of Auburn to be disappointed, I, I guess that you you assume that. But it's not easy to get into the NCAA tournament at all, and uh, then especially to to win a game when you get there. It, it, you know, it's hard, and so. Um, uh, they've had a, you know, Auburn's had another good year. Not, maybe not the year they'd like to have, but nobody ever has the kind of year they'd like to have unless they win the championship. Yeah, there's only only one team that does that. Yeah. Well, it, well, it's sort of Auburn. Auburn is sort of at the point that uh, that Alabama fans were when when you were coaching. The expectation of you know at least going to get to the Sweet 16, which you did six times, and it's something that yes, people and fans sometimes don't realize. It's not just uh, an automatic thing that, that you're just going to be there every year. No, it's not. And, uh, of course, I'm known as the guy that couldn't get us past the Final 16, so that's okay. <laughs> but uh, that um, we, we, had, uh, we had good teams, won two games several, uh, six times and, and won one game several times, but uh, just didn't get past that game. Uh, and I thought, you know, Auburn got, getting to the Final Four a couple of years ago was great. I thought they... I, I never have thought Bruce didn't fuss about it enough. I got a, they got a terrible call in that game. Oh, I'd still be fussing about that call they had in, in that game, and uh, they missed on it. And the officials missed it, and, but uh, um, they've done a good job at Auburn. They've done a good job at Alabama. Uh, UAB's doing well, and so basketball in the city and, and in the state is is good, and the coaches are good, and and um, you know people are. People are enjoying, I think, watching three-point shots and fast-break basketball and good defense. Obviously, a pretty good year again in the SEC with three teams in the Sweet 16, uh, along with Alabama, Tennessee, and there's a chance that those two could be you know, headed for another collision yeah, uh, not, not too far down the road. And then Arkansas, and I guess we shouldn't be shocked at, at any of those three teams still being alive here in the Sweet 16. No, I guess not. I think the Arkansas-Connecticut game will be a heck of a game. I think Connecticut's awfully good. They're as good as any team I've seen. On the night that I saw them play Alabama on television, they were as good as any team I've seen all year. They haven't played quite as well, uh, quite as good since they since that time. But uh, I thought they were awfully good on that night. They were so good with their pressure defense, uh, stop, stop the threes. And, and uh, Tennessee uh, already had a very good win against Tennessee the last game of the season. Tennessee came in against Alabama was pretty hard nosed with them and beat them. So the games, uh, games tomorrow, there are three teams in those four games: Gonzaga, uh, Arkansas, and Tennessee, who've beaten Alabama. So that doesn't that doesn't mean anything. And uh, you know, you 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 take you take a uh, basketball um, one game at a time. You you don't worry about where they're seated. You don't try to figure out that you know you're getting an easier game because of, of their number. You just have to you have to understand that that day that you play, that night that you play, is the championship night. 
there's no other there's no other night but that that night, and then you go from there. So there are too many times that people say, you know, who we who do we going to play on Sunday afternoon or mm-hmm. Saturday night, and you don't get there. So I always try to stress that you know we're playing the championship game tonight, and uh, we've got to be ready to play tonight. You go to the NBA, you have a bad game, you got six more to play. You go to NCAA, you have a bad game, you had eight and out the gate. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the uh, the Vegas regional tomorrow because all four of those teams look like uh, they could uh, make make a lot of noise not not just in this round of the tournament but beyond. And, and one of those is a is, is an SEC team in Arkansas. How impressed are you with the job Eric Musselman has done since arriving in Fayetteville? Well, he did great. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure about him taking his shirt off, but he did a good job. Um, he's. Um, He's a good, he's a different kind of basketball coach. He's very good. He's you know, he's pretty sure about taking his shirt off. Well, look, Wimp yeah, Wimp, Wimp didn't even hardly want to take the jacket off. No, that's right, my jacket. But anyway, the funny the funny part about it, I've coached against his dad when I was at Little Rock, and uh, we played again. We played him in Little Rock, and we played him in South Alabama. And he said to me mm-hmm. before the game of Little Rock, he said, "Wimp, when the game is over with, why don't we just wave at each other?" rather than going and shaking I said, that is a great idea. <laughs> I said, I love that idea. So when we got through the game, I think we beat him two points or something. We just beat him. I just waved at him, and he waved at me. We both took off to our dressing room. But I, there, he was different, and he's passed away now. Very good basketball right, coach. Right, Bill. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah, and, and, his, and his son, is a, he's, a, he's a good basketball coach. Arkansas loves their basketball, and and uh, they worked really hard to get good players. The transfer portal is a... This confusing part of time for for coaches and and uh, you know for fans alike because you're not sure what kind of team you have until you kind of see who you're going to get out of the transfer portal and um, did you get the right ones and did the, the the wrong ones leave you and go somewhere else and should I have re-recruited the guys that I had and that's that's not easy for the coaches to do. Yeah, no, no kidding. Wimp, before we uh, run out of time, I uh, obviously want to get your thoughts on on Alabama. I mean, it's it's been a uh, a dream season thus far. If yeah. it really appears, if you know, if there's an Alabama team that's going to make that that magical run into the Final Four, it's this one. Yeah, I would say so. I, I would say without trying to, I'm not. I, I try to just get on shows and tell what I think without people think I'm Alabama bound because I'm not. Uh, I, I think this is their best opportunity. We had an awfully good team years ago when CM was the coach and I was assistant. We had, I think Mark Godfrey went a step further than I did, and we had those good teams that we had. But I do think that this team uh, is good enough offensively that um, and, and also defensively, if they have a buried period of time, they've gone they've they've gone half before where they won it for one for nineteen uh, from the three. When they've gone when they've gone that way, their defense has been good enough to save them. They've got very very good uh, defensive and offensive rebounding. They have a lot of players. They can play ten deep, uh, and the, and seven, eight, nine, ten can play just as good as one, two, three, and four. And they seem to be liking each other, and that's important. You got to like each other this day and time because if you if you feel and and nobody. Nobody uh, on their team or any team is going to ever be satisfied with their playing time. Uh, so playing time is critical, and the aunts and uncles tell them the coach is not playing them enough, and that you know that's disturbing. So it's uh, I think that I think it's a team that that uh, I don't know that much about San Diego State, but I know they're 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 good, 
uh, I don't know if they're great, but they're good, and they can, they're good enough to beat you if you don't play. And then uh, if they were to win that, of course, uh, it might, I don't know if it would be Princeton or not. we we'll wait and see. Coach, uh, you mentioned the transfer portal, and, and a couple of Alabama players started their careers elsewhere in college basketball. They're playing a big role on this season. Noah Gurley was at, at Furman before coming to Alabama. Yeah. Quinterly started at Villanova. And yeah. I, I think Sears is one of the most impactful transfers in his first year at a new program in all of college basketball with the season he's having for Alabama. A lot of it shows up on the stat sheet. Some of it doesn't. Yeah, I, I was surprised that Sears has played so well. I uh, had seen him play. I, I don't I don't ever go to their practice or anything. I stay out of the way. But I, I, as I watched him in the early games, I wasn't sure. But he's very, very good. He's from Muscle Shoals, Alabama. I'm from Florence. So I keep up with him. I kept mm-hmm. up with him. don't really know the kid. I met his mom, but I don't don't know the kid that well. But they did get some good transfers. And, and uh, certainly Quinley has really played well. He gets the ball to the basketball, the dribble awfully well. A lot of pass goes to Charles real good. But uh, they have gotten some good transfers, and, and you know, recruiting is the name of the game. You've got to have better players than your opponent and get them to play hard, and, and, uh, and sometimes you still don't win. But uh, uh, I would say that uh, the recruiting part of it has been very good for Alabama, and they have a chance to, uh, they have a, you know, it would be a little bit of a surprise to me if they didn't get to the Final Four personally. All right, so who else do you like in the, uh, to be there in the Final Four? Well, I like uh, maybe I like Connecticut to be there, mm-hmm. and uh, I, and Houston and Miami, and then and we'll see what happens there. What you think of Tennessee uh, in the New York City regional? Yeah, Tennessee. Will, t- Tennessee is um, awfully good. They'll they'll end up having to play Alabama. Maybe is that right? Yeah, is that, that would be in, right? the, in the final four. Yeah. Both teams made the final I four. Think, that would be know, the game in Houston. Uh, you know, Tennessee was real physical with Alabama. They should have been. And uh, they'll be Alabama will be reminded of that over and over and over. Where to get that far? That doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean that they won't be physical again and beat Alabama again. But they will be reminded of that again. It was Alabama's first conference loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were sixteen and two, and um, so you know, I, it, it's hard to do. We had, we were fortunate enough one time to have a sixteen and two, and it's it's hard to do. The league, the league was very good from the middle up. It was they struggled a little bit from a little bit past the middle down. Uh, had five new coaches, you know, in the league, and and some people trying to find themselves a little bit. But uh, uh, the the interesting thing for all of us, for you for you guys who do you know, builds on our show and does such a great job, is is not what, not knowing what the future holds. You know, oh, yeah. you look at your team now. You're through. You're trying to figure out if they got the right transfer. Did they lose somebody that you thought they were going to keep? Uh, you, you know, you're trying to tell everybody who's going to be good and who's going to be bad, and you can't do it. So it, it's it's a little bit difficult. Oh yeah, it's a, a much different. The game, yeah. I mean, the game and the and roster management has changed so so much. Wimp, really appreciate you spending a little yes, bit sir. of time with us. Um, well, I appreciate you. Know, you. Yeah, well, it's always great to be on our show. Well, may, maybe, yeah, maybe we can do it again next week and get your thoughts of uh, you know once we well, once we've got a final four set. Plus, we usually get Sonny on. We can sort of compare notes from the two. Of you well, yeah, that, well, you, it won't be a comparison between me. <laughs> so Sonny's real funny. He says he is anyway. I'm not sure. Okay, <laughs> thank you guys. Absolutely. Hey, Wimp, let everybody. Know if you know how they how they can check out your show. Well, our, our show is one hundred point nine. It's from seven to nine every morning. Barry, my my youngest son, who's been on the show with us, has had uh, open heart surgery and had four four bypasses. So he's 
kind of staying at home right now, but uh, fortunately he got through it okay and is uh, has been transported back home now from Birmingham. So uh, he'll be back home with us uh, whenever whenever he feels like it. Yeah, let let him know we're thinking about him. Yeah, oh, well, we all sure will. We 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 had good guests and Bill's one of them. He's one of our best. So everybody looks forward to hearing you, and I appreciate it. And uh, uh, of course, I've got a grandson that's going to try to play at Auburn, play baseball one of these days. Right. If I'm, if I'm, I hope to see it one of these days. If I'm still kicking, so we'll see. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure you will be, Wimp. Hey, thank, thanks so. again. All right, thank y'all. Thank you, Coach Wimp Sanderson, joining us. Yeah, we'll we'll get him back on, and we'll get we'll get Sonny on. We'll 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 compare the notes from the great uh, from those two Coach legends. That was, no that was, question. That was so cool. All right, we'll get to our first break here of hour number two. Open up the phone lines. Love for you to join in here on the Wednesday Drive. Now more of the drive, the drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Wednesday afternoon. Our thanks to uh, to Wimp Sanderson, Coach Wimp Sanderson, for joining us. Uh, you know, getting getting some uh, nice get perspective from the from the other side of the state, if you will. Let's get back to the uh, Kia of Auburn hotline, and you can join in three three four three two one thirteen ninety. John is up next. Hey, John. Hey guys, just a couple of things I wanted to mention. I was blessed to be in Birmingham on Thursday and Saturday, and I thought Thursday that was fun, wasn't it? Was, until was, until the second half, <laughs> but it was fun. Uh, it was fun. Thursday was fun the whole game. Oh yeah. But, uh, it was, it was like an Auburn home game. I really want to congratulate all the Auburn people and thank them for coming out. And then the first half was great on uh, on Saturday, but I, Houston's just a better basketball team. But just two thoughts I had is I really did quite understand why maybe, and this is a loyalty thing I think with Bruce, but why Trey Donaldson didn't play much more the second half over Zeb. That still kind of blows my mind. Yeah, and, and, and it's funny, we were talking, I don't know if we mentioned this on the air a while ago, but one of the things, Jason and I had talked about this a few times during the year. We didn't see it, but for maybe 10 minutes. But the combination of having Trey and Wendell in with Wendell sort of being able to be your two uh, is something I was surprised we didn't see a little bit more of. And, uh, and, and yeah, when you said it the way you did, um, Trey perhaps um with for for at the, you know with with someone working at the two spot to try to get a little more scoring in there absolutely and one one other thought i think it plays off of that is i think i think auburn had the possibility of perhaps maybe even having a better basketball team than they did this season if bruce was not necessarily loyal to his guys but i hope that actually helps in recruiting i think maybe if he was some other coaches he might have perhaps process some guys out to maybe open up some roster spots to get some, maybe get some guard help in the offseason, and he didn't do that. And, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not upset about that. I'm appreciative of a coach who remains loyal to his guys, and I think that could pay, you know, dividends in recruiting on next season. And finally, just one other thought, it seems if if the floor on Bruce Pearl is 21 wins and a second-round exit, exit the NCAA tournament, that sure is all That's a head. solid floor. Yeah, you're not kidding. That would have been a ceiling for uh, prior coaches at Auburn. So I'm thankful for that. That's all I got, guys. Appreciate it, John. 
Yeah, that, I think that's a, that's a very true statement. If that's the floor, that is a, that is a solid foundation. That, you can't get a much more stable floor than that. Oh, certainly. And, and I would, I mean, the concern would be, if there's concern, it would be that a lot of other SEC programs have also seemingly upgraded in the last five, seven years as Bruce Pearl has built something really remarkable at Auburn. So there's going to be pressure and, and there's going to be challenges to maintaining it, let alone improving on what happened this year. But Bruce Pearl seems up to the challenge as somebody who consistently brings high-level talent to Auburn. Great three, stuff, John. Yeah, three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Love to hear from you. All right, one, uh, we can we can talk a little more football. Uh, you, you were over there today. It was really entertaining to hear um, Jeffrey Emba. You sort of came in at the tail end of not, Rivaldo, not just because of Jeffrey's accent, which is delightful. No, I mean he's but but, but he's uh, he, he was talking about very Z defense. Yeah, Z defense. I love I love Jeffrey. Yeah, no, he, he sounds and. That is an impressive-looking defensive end, right? I mean, <laughs> you that, are that not. A, well, he talked about. It. He think he feels like now that he's learning the game, he feels like he's at the position that he needs to be because they'd moved him some from from nose to tackle. But he really feels he is better suited as a defensive end. He was at. I liked it when he was asked. Yeah, well, uh, who who was it that asked him about if he were at, if it he'd been out there at pro day yesterday? Who would he? What would he have run? Did I, you ask that? I think I was Caldwell. Oh, okay. It was JC. Yeah, he was asked, and he said, well, he really hasn't been timed in the 40 in three he years. Said, what's a yard? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, he said he hadn't been timed. 40-meter in 40, dash. And then the 40 in about uh, two or three years. And the last time he did it, he didn't stretch. He just walked out there, and he ran a 4-9. He said he feels like, oh, he for sure run a 4-8, probably a 4-7. And he's 6-6-3-10. Yeah, that's... That's nice. I mean, uh, looking forward, I, I'd said it a couple of times, I really like the looks, and I think what we're going to see from the defensive front with the, the talent that's there, and, and Jeffrey was was very much in agreement there. That and uh, and some, some fun comments from, from Rivaldo, who did say yes. He was asked, did he play soccer? And he said, well, as a child, but yeah, his dad was a soccer fan, and, and so... He and he and uh, he and his siblings sort of named along the lines of soccer. Yeah, not, not soccer a players. not a coincidence. The name. No. So yeah, it was real cool to see and hear from uh, Rivaldo on, on top of the other two guys. Zion uh, sounding great about the defense. Might run a little bit of that if, sure. if, if we have time uh, towards the end of the show. Uh, we'll do that. But your calls come first. Come on in and join us as we head into the final half hour here on the Wednesday Drive. Let's get back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final 25 minutes here on this Wednesday. Bill and Dan and Drew at the controls. Love to hear from you. Anything you want to talk about sports-wise. Uh, you know, you want to look at the Sweet 16, which gets underway with four fun games tomorrow night. Should be. And then, then four more on Friday. Um, as you said, the, um, and then the West 
is really interesting. Well, and the East is fascinating too because you've got unlikely teams like FAU, well, right. you know, facing off with Tennessee. It's not necessarily the bracket anybody uh, predicted on that side, but yeah, I, I really want to. Um, I really want to see what happens. Yeah, who had Princeton? Yeah, who anywhere had Princeton in the Sweet Sixteen? I, you know, I, I I have to imagine a tiny percentage of brackets had FAU. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you had Purdue there, and, and a lot of people liked Memphis in that first round game, including mm-hmm. me. You know, so that's uh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't even pay. Any, I, I have no idea how bad mine is. I just know it was bad. I think, Bill. I, I mean, have I have three. I, I think I have three teams. In I think I correctly predicted like three Sweet Sixteen teams. I'm probably there. With and they're you. the three teams my, that I have my, in the Final Four. My finals, yeah. No, no, my 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 final has oh. been done. Oh, see, I've I've I, still Bama. I had, I, had Can, I had Kansas over Duke. See, I got Bama. I got Bama. I've had Bama UCLA. You know, in the national championship okay. game for a while. So yeah, so Bama, you're, yeah, you you still got a chance. Bama UCLA. You may have a chance. You never know. Bama UCLA and Houston are in my final four. They're, they're oh, okay. the only they're the only three Sweet Sixteen teams. Uh, I correct. Uh, but that, I, no, I, so I really I think we got two great games at Arkansas UConn. I mean, those are two teams that. Like, if you're looking for someone beyond a one seed or a two seed that could kick up some dirt and win this entire tournament, look to the winner of the Arkansas UConn game because those two teams are ablaze right now and could, yeah, could very well go all the way and win uh, not just the uh, the West Regional but, but win the whole thing. And and like uh, Wimp was saying, hard not to get excited about the possibility. And, and teams could throw a wrench into this. A Bama-Tennessee game in the Final Four would be... That would be momentous, wouldn't it? I mean, not not just for for I mean to to have to have two SEC teams in the Final Four face off against each other, but to right. have to have those two SEC teams in the Final Four. What about three SEC teams in the Final? Four? You could have Arkansas there. As, well, and, and Arkansas and Houston. You yeah. think there'd be Arkansas fans in Houston if Arkansas made uh, it? You think to, to the Final Four? You that think? that thing might be Jerry Jones would. <laughs> yeah. pay their way. The Waltons and Jerry Jones <laughs> might just might might just buy the arena. Yeah. But it would be no. That, that, there's there's the the chance for a lot of a uh, lot of fun, and, and these next four days are going to be. If you like basketball, it's it's a, it's a great time to pay attention. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Back to the Kia of Auburn hotline, and Matt is up next. Hey Matt. Hey guys. Uh, I presume at some point the football team's going to have a uh, uh, like a, a scrimmage where. Everybody goes live. Do you think the quarterbacks will go live? Do we get to see? No, I don't think so. I, I I really don't. I think Hugh really uh, wants to protect his quarterbacks and running back. I think there will be much more like a scrimmage. It'll be a scrimmage-like type situation Friday. But, uh, you know, he was talking about, after he talked about how his quarterbacks have a long way to go and they've still got to see the right thing, they first their eyes and then the calls, and then it's the execution. But then he went into describing the situation when Malik Willis was with him at Liberty. He said they really didn't know till they got in there live and uh, that, that sounded like it was fall, not really spring, because he wants to... He wants to evaluate everything else up to that point. Um, and now he said he was talking about it was in a game in the fall when he went out and made a couple of, threw a couple of dimes on deep passes and then ran for 30 or 30 or something yards, but said he's got to be careful with his guys here this spring and the whistle's going to blow as soon as he pulls it down and starts to run. Yeah. Well, I mean, Robbie, after that's sort of the same. That's what I was leading up to. Is yeah, and that's what he was alluding would, to. People just run, running around, you, you never know, you know, how how maybe um, what a step he will have over 
T.J. Finley. Oh, yeah. So, Auburn didn't know in 2010 until Cam got out there and did it on the field because, you know, just about everybody wants to protect those guys and not have them, you know, have a freak injury and be out for the season, if you know, yeah. in the, well, that b- makes before sense. it starts. I don't really have a problem with that. It's just sometimes hard to get the full picture. Um, I was wondering also if you guys happen to know, do we have any – do all the recruits that we signed in the fall, I mean, in the winter and, and whatever – uh, the last February, do, do we still have some recruits that are going to show up in the spring and summer that are not participating? Oh yeah, yeah. There, uh, I mean, there uh, there were I think nine or nine or ten of the nineteen are going through spring now. So that means the other half of them will be in as soon as they uh, as soon as they finish up their their schoolwork here this spring. So there's at least some hope maybe that of like a wide receiver. I've heard. You know, rumors that some of the wide receivers are we need we need some help there, and I'm sure there's probably a chance we could get a, a transfer or. Somebody well, I think they're looking for a receiver. Yeah, here here are the guys that uh, that Auburn will be bringing in when they finish up their their work. Most of them in high school, but Auburn's got a junior college player too. You got you know Hank Brown, the quarterback, Jeremiah Cobb at running back, uh, DeQuavius Sorry at receiver, uh, Tyler Johnson on the offensive line. Um, Bobby Jamison Travis is a junior college defensive lineman coming in. Uh, and then a freshman, Darren Reed is a, is a defensive end coming in. So, uh, and then you still got, of course, JC Hart and, uh, along with, uh, Sylvester Smith and, and Terrence Love and CJ Johnson in the secondary. So all those guys will be in, uh, when they finish up their either high school or junior college work. Right. Well, you know, they'll be a little bit behind uh, the other guys, but, some of those guys are talented. They may contribute. Oh yeah. Like, no, for a team that for a team that made a coaching appreciate change, it, Matt. Appreciate it, Matt. For, for a team that made a coaching change because last year's team struggled, uh, and, and for Hugh Freeze to take over a team, you know, in, in that position, there's a lot of talent in the secondary. Right? Oh, like, like you're not kidding. Like the, it's not your usual. Yeah, we let go of our coach last year because we were five and seven or whatever. I mean, usually in that situation, there's a you know that there there is a uh, there's work to do all over the roster. This is a very good secondary from the moment Hugh Freeze arrived. And, and some of that's being able to re-recruit players and convince them to play another year of college football. Yeah, there DJ are, James and, and Nehemiah Pritchett. Nehemiah Pritchett both had options. Zion Puckett could have, could yeah. have called it a career. Donovan after, Kaufman was After eligible. last year, Donovan Kaufman was, uh, was draft eligible. So there were a couple of guys. That, and not to mention there were players that maybe uh, could have said, I'm going to go look for more playing time somewhere else in the transfer portal uh, without graduating. So to hold this group together and to add uh, uh, Kay and Lee to it as well. Who, who, again, Zion Puckett, when I guess you asked him I did ask that uh, about young defensive backs, that's exactly who he jumped in and talked about. Yeah, and, and you could tell real impressed by just the readiness. And he, and he cited... If you play at a super high level in Georgia, and you know if you if you play because he's he's at, I, I don't know too much about uh, Kyan's uh, uh, high school career, uh, but he played at he played at a highest higher, one of the higher levels in in Georgia. Yeah, and and, and remember it was an Ohio State commit was an Ohio State commit, and Zion Puckett pointed out if you're facing that kind of competition game in and game out in high school football, it's not. I mean, it, it's a jump to go to college football, but you're going to be more ready than if you mm-hmm. weren't facing that kind of competition, uh, you know, on on a weekly basis as a high school football player. And you're seeing that pay off uh, for uh, for for Kyan, for Kyan Lee apparently. 
334-321-1390. Let's get back to the Kia of Auburn hotline. And Cameron is up next. Hey, Cameron. Hey, guys. How's it going? Pretty good. Yeah, I just uh, uh, kind of want to ask y'all, uh, ask y'all a question about uh, about uh, uh, all football when it comes to the uh, quarterback stuff. Uh, I know how, how people or how quotes from Hugh Freeze are saying that, hey, um, I'm liking I'm liking the the guys we have on our team. I'm liking that they're that they're coachable. Liking that how they're how they they want to be be coached, but how he's kind of not liking where he wishes they were they were further along than they would. Mm-hmm. To me, that kind of that sounds like it's kind of I'm not saying it's it's, it's a set in stone thing, but it just sounds like we're going to be bringing or Auburn's going to be bringing in a transfer quarterback, and I don't know when the I don't. I don't know when the next uh, uh, transfer portal uh, opening for that is, but who are some of the I can answer that. Uh, May May first is when the portal officially opens, I believe. For, for May, yeah, for, May first through fifteenth is the portal for undergrads. Yes. The thing is, okay. anyone who graduates, then once they graduate, they can enter the portal outside of that yeah, window. Gra- grad transfers with immediate eligibility are still a thing, e- even mm-hmm. in the era okay. of undergraduate transferring. So so I guess there's the belief that, that if Auburn wanted to add a quarterback to the roster, a veteran quarterback, they could do one of two things. They could go sign someone who jumps into the transfer portal that first two weeks yeah. of May, and you could see an up, you know an underclassman who thought he'd be a starter after a year or two, you know, might compete. Jason Caldwell was talking about in the first hour, and we've had people wonder about this bill. Would Auburn want a highly touted quarterback who hasn't played much college football? Uh, would they see that guy as an upgrade well, over they... what they currently have, or would they rather? You know, utilize those recruiting resources on someone who's played a lot of college football and has a track record as a uh, as a successful quarterback on the field. I think it depends on how the quarterbacks do the rest of the spring. If they feel really good about one or more, then they might go for that uh, um, high profile guy who hasn't played much. But if there's if it's still up in the air and they're not sure who the quarterback is, or they're there's some uh, holes in the game that they see in the quarterbacks that Auburn has right now, then they absolutely want somebody who could step in and compete and, and most likely win that job. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah, but, but my thing is like, who, like, who, who's out there in the, in the portal that could, that as a, as a grad transfer quarterback. Well, we don't know because they haven't graduated the, yet. The nobody, rumor, nobody right this minute. The rumor mill, the yeah. rumor mill is looking at Grayson McCall, the Absolutely. former, the former yeah. coastal Carolina, the current coastal Carolina quarterback yeah. who flirted with the portal back in and seemed uh, very December. interested in Auburn because right. we heard he contacted Hugh Freeze. There have been times on social media where he seemed very gung ho about returning to Coastal Carolina this year. There have been other times where it's maybe you know people have been left wondering: uh, Is he really playing? Remember, they had a coaching change. Uh, Jamie Chadwell right. went to Liberty, and so it's it's sort of a new. They you know decided to keep things rolling. I think they promoted from within. Even, yeah, they so did. it's not a you know a huge change there at Coastal Carolina. But you would understand why Grayson McCall after three. You know, after a record-setting career in the Sun Belt, would be looking for a new challenge, whether that's a higher level oh, yeah. of college football or the NFL. And so Absolutely. he's the guy, if, if you're looking for a name as far as an upperclassman between now and the start of the season who could change schools, he would be one I would look at. I keep I mean, thinking... But there may, yeah. I, 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 you feel like there's got to be somebody else that's a possibility, but we may not have yeah. heard you know, it because... I, 
He and hasn't the guy, graduated yet. You know, yet. the guy I kept looking at, too, if you want to throw just irresponsible speculation about this, the other one I keep looking at is Talia Tonga-Vailoa at Maryland and whether or not he's in the – because he's had a couple of outstanding seasons as Maryland's quarterback. Yeah. Uh, now, he, he followed uh, Loxley up there. They had a bond mm-hmm. as, uh, as as Alabama offensive coordinator. I believe they Loxley formed a bond with that family during Tua's recruitment even like there's you know a long-standing situation there but if if Talia Tonga-Vailoa expressed an interest in wanting to switch schools I feel like there'd be a lot of suitors maybe including a couple of high-level SEC programs that would be looking at possible quarterbacks and a couple of them could be in the state so I mean there's a few names out there that would be very interesting if they dip their toe into uh into the portal between now and the start of the season yeah, well, well, and 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 then uh, I'm not going to keep y'all guys much longer. But I mean, I'm I'm of the camp that I would like to see one of one of the guys currently on campus, currently on the roster, kind of make it through spring and kind of and 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 win the starting job and uh, going going in, going into fall. Seize control know, of this thing, you know, separate themselves yeah, exactly. from everybody else. No, I, I get yeah. that. We appreciate the phone call, camera. Exactly, yeah. No, there's I mean, there's a desire that. Adding another untested element to this is just going to further muddy things rather than provide clarity. Now, if Auburn provides, if Auburn goes and gets someone who is no doubt about it going to be the starter, then there's a little someone who who at whatever level they are is like an all-conference type. But if you go at a quarterback who (laughs) was looking at another season as a backup and they're in the portal because they weren't thrilled about that. I don't know how much, at least immediately, it doesn't provide a lot of clarity. Although that guy could go win the job, and then there's clarity that way. He could. Uh, and, and again, a caller early on talked about you know the, all the speculation there had been that well, you know Auburn could definitely be a landing spot for one of those Georgia quarterbacks that doesn't win the job. And I, I mentioned that the SEC has still not changed the rule. Jason seems to feel that that rule is going to be changed. I'm not so sure. I don't know. Many SEC coaches who would want someone who loses out in the battle for their starting quarterback job or any position to be at another school in their conference who they could be playing and being eligible immediately. Uh, yeah, no, there's. A, I there's mean, a, how many coaches you think are going to go? Oh yeah, that's fine. If you see if so, you're suspecting that there could be some unhappy people at Georgia. If a, well, if, yeah. a, if well, one of if one of Georgia's how happy would you suspect any one of the five stars who's not the starter is going to be right? And then how how happy would Georgia's coaching staff be if one of those players ended up at a school well, that has Georgia on the schedule? Let's look. Let's look at it. Let's look at it through other glasses. People are going. Well, that's not right. That wouldn't be fair. How happy? All right. We talked about the depth of talent that Auburn has at tight end. And we've talked about it looks like that's the situation uh, in the secondary and on the defensive line. How would you feel if somebody uh, came out of the spring looking like, well, they're not a starter, thinking they're not a starter, but Georgia or Alabama said, "Uh, you might be able to start over here. How happy do you think Auburn would be or if even, a player would want to jump and go yeah, there? Or even, or even how about a place where there's even more sort of confusion what if uh, one of Auburn's receivers thought there was more immediate playing time available somewhere else? Because yeah. there's going to be a battle for. I mean, there's because because right now it's tough to name a receiver and say yeah, you're right. That guy's going to get a lot of playing time. I mean, even if it was, I mean, if, you know, but if a Sun Belt team said you want to be a number one, I receiver mean, it, for it's a year bad enough, football. and you know that there is some tampering going on. There's contact that goes on. You sure as whatever don't want it to be 
uh, disrupting you right when you get through with spring practice. So, and keep it, and, so I'm not so sure that that rule is going to be overturned. And tampering is, I mean, remember, like, players talking to each other isn't tampering. Right. Right? So if, if you get a, I mean, it's, and that sounds crazy, but I mean, if you want to distinguish, right, student athlete from employee, from representative of the university, or however you want to do it, like, um, and I mean, and it also seems very, it, it would be, you know, kind of, it, it would be very strict to to try to ban players from communicating with each other if they're on different teams in the same conference or something like that. But yeah, I mean, you got you got to imagine players are, are cooking up ideas of their own. I mean, this is a, uh, I mean, th- this is this is something that uh, is. Uh, you know, it is happening in the in, in the in the world of of college athletics, and you know, it goes back to well, it goes back to the Heat, right? The super team, you know, the Miami Heat, you know, sort of you know showcasing you know the autonomy. We're gonna you know we're gonna we're gonna go off on our own and, and build a super team, and and now you've got some some college athletes that, that could be interested in that, that same thing. You know, banding together, playing as friends. Listen to him using some words that that he knows have double meanings. As we go to our final break. Man, deals are flying in our fantasy baseball league as, as we're doing this. It's amazing we're able to continue coherent conversation while we're doing this. We'll get to our final break of the afternoon. Stick with us as we wind it down here on the Wednesday Drive. You're live on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Final few minutes of The Drive here on this Wednesday. uh, It was a pretty... Filled show. Yeah. I mean, uh, we, we, we thought we we thought we'd have some audio that we could run, but uh, then we got then we got plenty of phone calls, which he's, was great. He's wimp to, uh, to to you and folks who know him well. Uh, but you know, to, to you know, well, coach, since he coach, does a so show and doesn't call himself coach on the show, and they introduce me, and you know, he he you know he he just calls himself wimp. Oh yeah, no, yeah, he's he's, a, he's he's. I wouldn't presume to do that. You're right. If I hadn't been on his show for like a well, year, you've or spoken so. to him a lot more frequently right. than, uh, than I have. But it's uh, it's great to talk to him and some yeah some cool insight into Alabama's season and everything else going on uh, in the world of college basketball as we get ready for the Sweet Sixteen tomorrow. Uh, speaking of basketball. Justin Ferguson, who, what a, and I'll say it to his face, but I'll say it uh, here as well, um, what a season Justin Ferguson had covering the Auburn men's basketball team. He was he, he went to virtually every single game, uh, did a great job. Man, filing. you want some insights yeah. and numbers and, and Re- stats. Required, and, required oh, yes. reading if you're a fan of, of the Auburn men's basketball team. He's great with football as well, but, but just so, so good and so in-depth with what was going on with this basketball team. Auburn is lucky to have somebody like Justin Ferguson covering uh, their men's basketball program. And, and we're going to talk uh, with Justin tomorrow on, on the Auburn, uh, on, 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 we're going to talk to the Auburn Observer about everything going on uh, in Auburn sports as uh, Justin uh, re- recaps the season. And uh, he was right there with us talking to players uh, today as well. Yeah, that'll be great. Again, uh, a fun show today. Our thanks to Jason Caldwell being with us.